0: Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. I'm your host, Matt. And no, I did not play the guitar for this cool intro music. But one day I shall. I and mean, that would be so cool. I'd love to learn how to play that. We're talking about Christian music. I wasn't sure what to name this episode, but it's kind of part two and additional thoughts because. I think there's a couple more things that can be said. There might be more parts to these episodes. Um Christian music isn't really a genre. It's not rock, rap, R&B. Oh, and then there's Christian over there. there's, there's Christian everything. I would go to Walmart as a teenager and I would get kind of uh irritated a little at their Christian music section. It was very poor. It was always disorganized. I I like to buy CDs I'm a CD kind of guy and I would like spend time 10 or 15 minute like organizing They're like I'm, I'm I want to make this look good like all the artists need to be alphabetized and I'd put CDs back with it I'm like you guys need you guys are doing it for everybody else anyway and there's this one too I buy a CD and I bring it home and I put it into iTunes and it doesn't matter what Christian album I have iTunes will recognize it as religious oh you've got a religious CD here no I do not actually this is a band that plays rock this is a Christian band that plays alternative this is a Christian band that plays contemporary music and there's a Christian band for every genre is what I mean to say there's lots of Christian artists out there that play different genres. So, let's separate it quite a bit more. Like Skillet could be in, in the rock section. Like yeah, anyway, it's just kind of my pet peeve. There's worship music, there's alternative, there's contemporary, there's rock, there's metal. There's lots of different genres that are out there. Here's something. Uh Christian music isn't really where we get our theology from either. It's meant to assist us and remind us of the things in it to encourage us. The, it's the artist's rendition of what God has done in their lives or truths from God's word. It isn't really where we get our theology from. Rich Mullins once said, it's so funny being a Christian musician. It always scares me when people think so highly of Christian music, contemporary Christian music, especially because I kind of go, I know a lot of us and we don't know Jack about anything. Not that I don't want you to buy our records and come to our concerts, I sure do, but you should come for entertainment. If you really want spiritual nourishment, you should go to church. You should read the scriptures, end quote. And I really appreciate that about Rich Mullins, of his candor and his, if you want to get fed and grow, you got to go to church. You got to hear God's word. That's where it's at. A song can be remembered after service. And especially if it's a worshipful one that is rightly written based on God's word that has extreme value. I believe Christian music is very good and better than worldly music. The artist is using their gifts to glorify God who gave them the gift to glorify him in the first place. Um, I remember flipping through just for fun. One day I went through the channels, um, and I just rested on one for three or four seconds and heard what kind of music and what flavor and what notes and what was being sung. And I could tell a difference where the Christian, not that I was looking at the numbers of what station I was landing on, but like, oh, that sounds different. Like I could notice a difference between the Christian music and everything else that was out there. There are very talented musicians that are out there. In the previous episode, I was talking about You can have great talent and put on a great song, but if the lyrics don't uh, register with me, then that's kind of poor. Those musicians that are out there that have really good talent, but they don't know God, they're not using their gift to glorify him, so therefore their music is a little on the poorer side, in my opinion. Their, Their songs only go as far as what they can write. Christians, I believe, have the advantage of bringing God glory and his word into their music and having God back it. There's something called anointing. If a song is anointed, God is basically, the anointing means to to be smeared and to be marked. And there's an, uh, there's something that you recognize as it being, um, drenched in God's glory. And I love that imagery. It's when the presence of God comes into a room and it's not just feelings. It's not just, oh, I like that song and it's really well written and it just moves me. It's the actual presence of God, especially in relation to worship music. It's not necessarily for all the songs and all the things that are out there for Christian music, but it's, it's more geared toward worship. That's this. those are the songs that God truly backs that things happen. I remember being, listening to a worshipful song. It's actually on the top 10. It's called, I adore you. When Chris Quilila backs away from the microphone and you begin to hear the audience sing, I truly felt like that was an anointed song. It's giving glory and praise to God. I adore you. I will sing it with all my heart. I adore you. I love everything you are. You can't go wrong by singing God's word. These songs cause God's word to be sung out. God says that His words are spirit and they are life while the words of the flesh profit. Nothing from John 66 verse 63. God's words are a spirit and they are life. Um, God's word never returns to him empty. It doesn't leave you empty. Like many of the songs do today. Lyrics can please the soul and the emotions, but they might leave you empty in your spirit. A song may touch the soul, but God's word is always anointed, touching the spirit. This I got from an article I was reading, and I wanted to read it, because I thought it was it was an interesting way to view what, um, what the subject of music does. It says, the lyrics affect the thinking or the mind. The music affects the emotions or feelings. Why is this important? There's a progression of sin in the flesh. It starts in the mind, leads to the emotions, and is completed in the will. The mind is like a guard. If the flesh can get something past the guard, It is all that much closer to the completion of its goal, namely sin. If the lyric affects the mind and music affects the emotions, which is more dangerous? The music. More of it is the music that is often less examined. The lyric of a song may be of high moral standards, even Christian, but the music might evoke emotions of sexuality, anger, or other sinful feelings. The reality is that music has much more of an effect on the will of a person than the lyrics. Many people sing the lyrics to a song without even thinking about what they are singing. Yet because the music makes people feel good, they desire to listen to it. The flesh desires to sin. Therefore, we cannot base our listening of music to feelings. That's from strivingforeternity.org. I kind of see what he's saying, and I wanted to make a couple comments on it. I really believe it is the lyrics that do the most for you, because those are the lyrics that you're singing and what you're remembering the music isn't necessarily wrong or right but it's the lyrics that make or break a song for me I found this other article also this is the defining difference I believe between God's standard of, of the art of music and what proceeds out of the Christian music industry the standard among those in gospel music business is that of evangelism rather than excellence as we have seen before The best works of art were produced by Adam and Eve before the fall in sinless perfection. There was no sin and no need of evangelism. Their art was good in and of itself and brought man pleasure and God to glory. Glory to God, excuse me. Its validity was certainly not judged by whether it was evangelistic. Today's evangelical, even some reformed believers, think that music must be evangelistic to be of value. Thus, art is no longer categorized as being excellent or mediocre, good or bad but is instead recategorized as Christian or worldly, sacred or secular. Underlying this are the assumptions that, one, only God's word is legitimate for use in art, since music must be evangelistic, and two, that this world is somehow Satan's and has no value for music. The truth is that the whole world is God's, even the cattle on a thousand hills. End quote. That's from chalceden.edu their art was good in and of itself and brought man, pleasure and glory to God. I really liked the fact that those are the defining things of what good music is. It brings man pleasure and it brings glory to God, especially in worship of all things. Uh, a very good song that is worshipful and that is extolling God is very well written and written and enjoyable for man to listen to, and it brings God glory. And that is the best thing ever. I came across, and I don't know if I have time enough to read it, um, is a poem. It's kind of rap-like it doesn't have a verse and a chorus, and it's not a traditional song, but the lyrics are amazing. It's a, it's a rap called every poem. It's by Micah borns and. In it, he talks about every song being written about love. Not everybody praises love, but whether the absence or the presence of love dictates what the songwriter is writing about. And I thought that was a very interesting point, that the influences of certain artists, you begin to see their worldview and how they interpret things. And and music is a form of art, and it's to be enjoyed. It's to be thought upon it's to be pondered it's one of the arts it's not something as concrete as god's word or fiction or what is exactly 100 percent true although there are songs that are very true but then he switches the wording because god is love and that the absence or presence of god in an artist's life dictates what kinds of songs that they write And I thought that was a really interesting point too. He did an amazing job lyrically of converting love into God with the same words that are bracketed on either sides. It's like a part one, then a part two. Thank you for listening to, uh, my cute little thoughts on what music is and the, uh, my, my opinion and my things that my worldview of, of what I think about music. I really like good music. Cause it is so refreshing there. Oh, and also another thought too, this is kind of unscripted. There are, there's the argument that all the Christian music and CCM music on the radio is all just, um, I was reading an article that was talking about this family and they'd play this game in the car, which I might try play one time. It's (laughs) kind of an interesting thought. They would listen to whatever station they came across. That would be Christian. And they would all blurt out a word. Uh, joy faith love peace and they would see who uh the artist would sing and they would try to see which word would come across first and they it was kind of like a lottery kind of game like i bet they'll say love in the first you know chorus or verse Uh, that was very interesting and how christian music seems to be this kind of uh it's just there, and it's supposed to make you feel good, and it's what you. And it sounds all bland, and like it's supposed to be ha- ha- hunky dory, just all the time. And at least for me, I've listened to a lot. I used to, side note, when I would get a CD or even a cassette tape, I would listen to the lyrics. I would play that thing for a week and two until I knew every word, because I wanted to know what the artist was saying, and I wanted to know what he was um, musically telling me. And so I've listened to a lot of music and all Christian music is not like that. The radio is kind of a poor place because that's the station and that's what you turn to and that's the kind of music that you can expect to hear. When you listen to an entire album, you begin to get into more songs. There are songs written about all kinds of things, Christian style. Uh, I think of artists who have lost children or broken marriages, or God, I don't know what, what to do here of disappointment of, I think it's related to David in the Psalms in the Bible when he's like, God, where, where even are you? Like I'm over here and I'm, I'm sinking. I, I need you. Like what is going on? All these Christian songs are not meant to be, Oh, everything's fine. And we'll just believe. And we'll, we'll make it to the sweet by and by one day. Christian music is, I believe, the realist because it does talk about hardship and loss and real things. But in all of that, we they have an answer because they're singing to a God who knows and understands humanity. Their, their artist's expressions, I hope, would mimic David's in that, I don't know what is going on, but... I know that you're with me and that you're close that you understand us you you made us you have a purpose one day we may get our answers to the questions that we have into there might be reconciliation for things there might be a closure there might be a moment of oh i get it when we meet god face to face or whatever it could be about there's a lot of different topics In Christian music, and I'm really grateful that there is. Christian music isn't also a mirror image of oh the world has this and then oh yeah, there's a Christian equivalent. There kind of is a little in a little sense, but I really like (laughs) my good Christian music. Anyway, I'm your host Matt. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Shoes. Keep